Welcome everyone to Wild Seed the Podcast. This is Danny Smith, and today my guest is Renton City Council Member James Alberson. James Alberson is a longtime resident of Renton and the owner of Top Tier Training and Development. He's been a member of the Board of Directors of Renton Chamber of Commerce for nine years, and during this time, he's become familiar with many businesses in Renton. He has developed relationships with key personnel from the City of Renton, Renton School District Administrators, and representatives from important organizations that play a significant role in Renton's continuing success. Hi, James. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. All right. My first question is about your journey into entrepreneurship. How did you actually begin your business, Top Tier Training? Uh, you know, that's a great question. It was uh, a little bit by accident. I spent about 20 years in the sales arena, mainly in the medical field, pharmaceuticals, devices, biotech, mm-hmm. things such as that. And... Uh, I came across Sandler, the uh, which was a franchise, kind of by accident because a friend of mine was in a training program and he raved about it. And, and so I kind of disregarded his excitement over this, but he said, no, you have to check this out. Mm-hmm. And, and I did. I sat in on a class. I found it fascinating. And they say, as they say, if you're going to bet on anything, bet on yourself. So about a year and a half later, I uh, rolled the dice and um, did my due diligence, bought the franchise, yeah. and that was 15 years ago, actually, this month. And what do you want people to know about being a small business owner? Man, where do I start? <laughs> you know, in context with what we're talking about today, the, the first thing I want people to know is that being a small business owner, a medium business owner, quite frankly, in some cases, a large business owner, you're not making money hand over fist especially small, medium-sized companies. You do what it takes to to build your business, Mm -hmm. and then you have to do what it takes to maintain your business. And you get to a point where maybe something life is comfortable for you, but in a flash, it could be uncomfortable. And when I started the business, I started saying, I started this saying that I've repeated several times, you never really sleep the same again when somebody stops sending you a paycheck. Yeah. And I've said that other business owners, they totally know what I mean. And so, you know, it's a struggle. Um, You get past that struggle to some degree, but it's always right around the corner. Mm. And even the smallest of changes can throw you into a tizzy or even the largest of changes, something called a pandemic. Uh, It's a very brittle landscape that you're that you're traveling. And the smaller the business, the more brittle it is. Mm Well, you mentioned this already, but this is a special episode where I wanted to address the upcoming initiative here in the city of Renton. Mm-hmm. That's Initiative 2302. Tell us what you know about this ballot measure. Uh, well, quite a bit. I, I, I know that uh, it, it really has its um, its beginnings outside of Renton. This the same uh, initiative, the same resolution is is pretty much a... A, a carbon copy, and uh, you have to be careful some of the words you use, but I have the initiative in front of me. It's the same initiative that actually passed in uh, Tuckwilla uh, last year, year year before, somewhere around that time frame. They basically took that, didn't make any changes, and said, okay, let's bring this to Renton. Overall, from my knowledge, it, this, this organization 
is uh, attempting basically to 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 this movement to raise the wages, you know, city by city and that sort of thing. Right. The the concern is, among other things, is that it is exactly the same, but the two cities are not the same. Right. And so it's not even about just the wages. the The one in Tuckwill and the one in SeaTac, which is similar, were designed specifically. Uh, they targeted um, hospitality workers, mm-hmm. targets around the, like airport workers and things like that. And and what is Tukwila? Tukwila mainly is they, there are a lot of businesses, there. Right. a lot of retail, a lot of that 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 makes to some degree some sense of right. why why they did it. I know it's kind of union driven. They want to say it's a grassroots type of initiative, but the fact of the matter is when you look at the funding, and I don't say this other than just being factual. The majority of their funding right now comes from the um, Seattle uh, Democratic Socialists and even the New York Democratic Socialists. It's it's a movement that's not Renton grown. Right. It's outside of Renton, and it's now it's just Renton's turn to be in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. For me, that that was the first thing that that told me I, this. You have to look at this thing a little bit closer. The initiative is to raise the minimum wage. Essentially overnight, and when I say overnight, if it passes in February, in July, right. it will raise a minimum wage, twenty five by approximately twenty five percent for businesses over five hundred mm-hmm. employees. Between um, sixteen and four hundred ninety nine, it'll be phased in over two years. Their um, their uh, minimum wage will go up two dollars instead of four dollars or and some change, and then the next year a dollar, the next year a dollar. And then businesses under 15, you'll hear, are exempt from the wage aspect. That that makes sense. Um, however, the one thing I will say is, you know, nothing, and they'll say, look, small business is 15, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, nothing magical happens to a business when you hire the 16th employee, meaning your revenues don't double. Your customers don't triple. Uh-huh. Your expenses aren't cut in half. But overnight, now you, you know, you were 15 or you're 16, but those are the folks caught in the crosshairs of 25%, your 25% increase in your payroll costs, which in most cases is one of the top three expenses for a business. That is enough to do a couple of things. That's enough for some businesses to take all the wind out of your sails and and close your doors. And I'm not trying to be a fear monger or anything like that, that just factually is, is, is the case. Right. Now, for those who can survive, it's enough for them to step back and say, okay, we need to make some changes in our, our payroll and our employees and data will show that some job losses have occurred. Mm-hmm. So these very individuals that this initiative was trying to help, it's now hurting. And then the other thing is businesses will figure out how can I get away with doing the same or more with less meaning automation. So those in favor say that increasing the minimum wage benefits small business owners by reducing employee turnover, absenteeism, increasing productivity, increasing consumer purchasing power, boosting customer satisfaction, and ensuring working families can afford to live in Renton. So how do you respond to that statement? Well, there's a, a few different aspects of that. I'll talk about the productivity. I have a study here. I'm a title, What Happens to Worker Productivity After a Minimum Wage Increase? And uh, one of the aspects that I highlighted, and um, this passage says, 
Um, moreover, the link between wage and productivity is observed is observed only in stores where more supervisors or with more supervisors, sorry, to monitor employees. In the presence of a higher minimum wage, high monitoring led to 6.6% more productivity across workers, while low monitoring led to a 9.4% decrease in productivity. And then the quote was said, uh, was, or said that if you're in a store where there is very little monitoring and where low effort doesn't necessarily cause you to be fired, a higher minimum wage actually reduces productivity. Hmm. That's from the study. I didn't make that up. Right. It's, it's a nice, it's a feel-good statement to say, hey, it makes them more productive. Right. Well, my question is, Why? I'm making more money, so now I'm going to actually do the work better, more efficiently, and faster. Well, in some cases, I think that all depends on the individual doing the work and not necessarily the money they're getting paid. You know, what I think drives more productivity is more opportunity. If I know that the better I work, the more opportunity I'm going to have to either make money here to advance or to to gain skills or whatever it is, Mm Well, then naturally, I think human nature is for those driven to do so. I'm going to be more productive. That, I think, is more of a determinant of productivity. So that's that one. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a couple other things. Um, You said it decreases employee turnover, I think, is one of the things. Well, it very well may for this position. Hey, you know what? Now it's going to be harder for me to find this, uh, you know, to get paid uh, this way. You know, I'll buy that. But for the business owner, well, that's helpful for the business owner. Okay, well, I don't have to look as much. But are they the quality worker that they want to keep? Well, I don't know. Which actually brings me to, and I know we haven't talked about it, one of the issues with this initiative is that essentially through the wording of the initiative, it makes it harder to fire somebody who isn't producing because it can be seen and reported as retaliatory. Mm. And then you have the, the employee has 90 days to, well, essentially the business owner has 90 days to, uh, to essentially prove that it wasn't retaliatory. Now, during those 90 days, that business owner, uh, and maybe I'll be a little, uh, a little um, loose here with the interpretation, but that business owner, um, may not be able to hire somebody else to replace that position as they're trying to prove this. If they do, now they have to hire that person. And guess what? If so, all of a sudden it is proven, whatever that may be, now the business owner has to pay back pay. Now somebody else is out of a job. Half of the reason why, actually more than half the reason why I don't think this is a good idea has nothing to do with the wages. It has to do with all of the regulations that are placed upon small businesses who are already walk, walking on that brittle landscape right. to uh, to comply and, quite frankly, puts them in a position of, of a disadvantage in just doing what they want to do, run their own business and survive mm-hmm. while providing jobs to the people who need employment. And want to work there. And want to work there. Right, right. So just to reiterate and be clear, we both believe in a livable, affordable wage. But how do you believe that this is a poor ballot measure when it comes to small business owners here in the city? I know you touched on it a little bit. Yeah, I've touched on it a little bit. Um, So, you know, certainly one of the main ways, as I said, if I were to wrap it up, it's it's telling me as a small business owner, a small business owner, how I need to run my business 
regardless of what kind of specific needs I may have. It's taking away freedoms that rightfully should still be the business owners as long as it's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all agree uh, that livable wages are important. What I or the the ability to make livable wages is important. Mm -hmm. What I add to that is I believe the opportunity to um, gain a, a position to make wages that you feel are livable, whatever that means. There's always little ambiguity around livable. Right. Yeah. Um, that's what's most important. And entry level jobs um, are likely not where somebody wants to. That's where they start. That's why they call them entry level. Mm-hmm. But it's not where I think anybody arguably, arguably wants to stay. Right. And so with that, you have to think, well, if they're there, how do they get out of there? Mm-hmm. And that's where the opportunity comes in to gain more skills or experience or whatever it is so that you can now acquire a different uh, position somewhere that already pays higher wages, that, that, that gets closer to livable and beyond $28 an hour, $30 an hour, $34 an hour. Right. I said in a city council meeting, I was I was discouraged that this group is focusing more on just giving a few extra dollars an hour to somebody than focusing on the infrastructure of creating a pathway, a legitimate pathway right. for a low wage worker to gain the skills to 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 get a position where they can make right whether that's education wages. or whether training whether or, education or training. Yeah. Now people will hear that and say, oh. James just thinks everybody should go to college. That's not true at all. Yeah. College is not for everybody. Right. The way I see this initiative, it's it's a band-aid that you're trying to put over a gaping wound. What I like to see is more of an attempt to stitch it up. What part of the measure is worth keeping? Hmm. <laughs> that's gonna be uh that's gonna be a tough question. You know the the measure that's worth I'm actually I'm glad you, you asked that. Is the this is not going to be an answer probably that anybody likes. I mean, we, we have to go back to the drawing board. So I don't like a lot of things about the measure, all the things that it puts upon a, a business uh, that, quite frankly, I believe are unnecessary. Because at least in Renton, and once again, mm-hmm. I'm speaking on this initiative for Renton. I, I, I can't talk to you about Kent. I can't talk to you about Bellevue for Renton. Yeah. The part of the measure is the part that is tied to regular increases in in minimum wage, whether it's tied to the inflation or the index Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. I saw a study recently, I don't have it with me, but it compared the United States with other countries, almost every other country, um, or industrialized country or whatever you might want to say there, in the world. We're the only ones who don't regularly increase our minimum wage uh, commensurate to their increased cost of living. So I get that. Mm-hmm. And there's a very interesting graph. And it, I mean, it's a little shameful as far as, you know, when you look at the United States. So that aspect of this initiative that, that says, hey, you know, once this is in place, mm-hmm. it should be looked at and, and should be tied to... Like not cost an of ar- living adjustments. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not an arbitrary increase, but right. increase, but something that makes sense. That's the one part where I, I, I don't disagree. Uh, I don't agree with the... Uh, the uh, 25% increase in six months, even in Seattle when they uh, uh, 
put their initiative, their minimum wage increase in place. That was over seven years. They gave them over seven years. This isn't giving businesses even seven months. People say, well, we're giving them time. What, to come up with some incantations or something? I don't, I don't know what that means. We're giving them yeah. time, yeah. six months, to prepare to increase their payroll by yeah. 25%. I, I honestly don't know. And I think it's a statement that feels good. A lot of this stuff feels good. But when you actually pull back the covers and, and ask yourself, well, how... I don't think there's an answer for that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to increase your your revenues by 25% in six months just because, unless you you maybe you did something amazing and right. that was probably going to happen anyway. So how do you get ready for this? And I asked point blank to our finance director when she uh, kind of presented uh, the, the wage gap analysis study report uh, back in June. I said, if this sort of thing, if wages increase to this degree, will taxes increase? And the answer was unequivocally, yes. So, how do I feel about somebody else placing their agenda on Renton and us dealing with the eventual fallout? I don't feel good about it at all. What do you believe are some alternatives to implementing this initiative? So, one of the things that I'm, I I kind of hinted at, that I'm really adamant about or really working on, you know, is is really the long-term goal, not this short-term you know, temporary fix, but what's the long-term solution? And uh, you know, I've, I've talked with the mayor uh, about how we take uh, what is now the rent and promise. What I'd like to do when I've talked to the mayor about it is how do we actually take that concept and create a program that's citywide like that? So, you know, you're out of high school, you're past there, you're in this uh, minimum wage job where you don't necessarily want to be for for the rest of your life. But guess what? I can't afford to actually do something. Well, how do we actually roll out the red carpet and make it so you can do that? That's the alternative solution that I'm betting my money on. Uh, and so, therefore, we keep entry-level jobs for their purpose, entry-level for those teenagers you know, who want to get experience, maybe right. for those people who maybe made some decisions that weren't quite the best early on, so they find themselves there, but now they say, okay, hold on a second, I have to get it together. And uh, how do we we roll that out so that anybody who wants that opportunity can take it? If they choose not to, well, okay, you can can live that life. I I, I totally understand. I'm not going to dictate whatever it is, but that's the solution that I have in place. And once again, like we say, maybe actually look deeper into putting pressure on the state because see minimum wage that's really a state issue washington still has the highest minimum wage i believe in the country but how do we actually tie that into get that regular increase that's Mm -hmm. tied to economic factors and things like that right so essentially broadening the scope of what is now the rent and promise to be more inclusive and maybe involve everyone in a sense to be able to go exactly yeah you know i'm not saying it's a um, not a heavy lift, but I'm also strongly believe it's possible. Right. I don't know if it's ever been done. Mm-hmm. And if Renton's going to be known for something, I'd rather it not be knowing, known for having the highest minimum wage in the country, which is what would happen if this passed. I'd rather be known for having this program that gives this, this clear path uh, from low wage to skill acquisition to um, higher wage jobs and careers 
mm-hmm. where people can not only live in Renton, but thrive in Renton. Right. Okay, so worst case scenario, if this does pass, do you think the city of Renton will have a difficult time attracting businesses to our city? You know, I hadn't even mentioned that part of it because the, it, what, well, because I, I was trying to be brief, which I'm not, I guess. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the other side of things that I don't think people think about. You know, you, you have a small business, uh, Danny. You tell me, when you're thinking about, if you're thinking about opening a business, starting a business in a city, one city has um, these onerous regulations uh, that is on top of just struggling to build your business. Oh, and by the way, plus you have to pay the highest um, wage in the country just to even get started. Right. Or another city has not those regulations, you know, doesn't have those regulations, and has a fair starting wage, not as high. Well, what are you going to choose? Now, here's the thing, Danny. One of the things I didn't mention that a lot of people may not realize with this particular initiative is that some people just start a business on their own, just out of the blue. But some people actually buy businesses, buy a franchise, and they've worked hard to save this money to do it. And it's not every franchise costs $200,000 to buy. Some are relatively affordable. This actually includes franchises. So you could buy a franchise, and it's just you and your spouse building this franchise. Well, guess what? The language of this initiative says... If nation, worldwide, your organization, including franchises, has more than whatever number, 500 yeah. people, it applies to you. So now you and your wife and the employee, you want, you're, you're one of those big businesses. You're one of those big businesses that they say it wouldn't hurt them at all. Mm. And so would you start a franchise in Renton or would you go, I don't know, to Kent or someplace yeah. that doesn't have it? Exactly. That's my concern because Renton is on this great trajectory of growth. Why put anything in place that's going to make us stumble, you know, as we run towards, you know, whatever the finish line is? Mm. You know, we have the World Cup coming to Seattle and that mm. sort of thing. This is the time to really make this city as as um, as uh, attractive and, and shiny as possible to every business that wants to come and actually kind of start their, their path to success. By the way, mm-hmm. when they come here, well... If they have to employ people, now those are more jobs. So not only does the business not come here, but the jobs don't come here. They start someplace else and the jobs go someplace else. So is this really, when you pull back, when you turn on the lights, pull back the covers, is this really going to help the, um, the, the, the people who work in Renton for those, those lower wage jobs? Or is it going to hurt them? Taking away opportunity, taking away jobs. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know. I, I just don't think so. What is your favorite thing about Renton? Oh, my favorite thing about... Well, the fact that you're here, Danny. I'm sure you'll <laughs> cut that out. No, um, I'm going to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my favorite thing about Renton, I've said this for years, I think it's just the epicenter of the the Seattle metropolitan area. And mm-hmm. by, by that, I mean, it's. I think it's more convenient to the majority of things uh, and locations than any other spot in this region. You want to get to the airport, you're there in 10, 15 minutes. You want to go to Seattle, you're there in 15, 20 minutes, depending on how you drive. You want to shoot up to Bellevue, oh, 10, 15 minutes. You want to go skiing, oh, Snoqualmie, man, 20, 30, well, 30 minutes or so, you're there. Uh, Kent, uh, you know, or, or once again, it's east of the mountain, you're right there. Yeah. Uh, you want to go down to Lake Washington, oh, oh, Lake Coulomb, we're right there. I don't know if you can name me any other uh, location 
in this area that can boast all of those particular conveniences. Yeah. And that's the one thing. I mean, I love the culture and that sort of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've lived in Renton since I moved out here in 97, 26 years, not even thought about moving anyplace else. Mm-hmm. Don't plan to move anyplace else. It's really a small town. Even though it's a big city, it's a small town. I appreciate that community, and that's one of the things that I am worried about. And not that cities shouldn't evolve, because I do think that they should. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean? And like long term, is that helpful to us or hurtful to us? Right, yeah. right. I mean, I guess it all depends on your point of view. But yeah, it's it, it's a small town, I think, with, with a small town that, that can deliver a lot. Mm-hmm. That can deliver like um, a large city if, if you let it and if you don't put things in place that will, quite frankly, just sabotage um, the, yeah. the potential that it has. I think this initiative, quite honestly, is one of them. Yeah. Do you have any closing words regarding this initiative or anything Renton-related? Well, you know, Renton-related, my closing words, words are just to um, anybody listening to your podcast who lives in Renton who has an interest, is to simply inform yourself. Mm-hmm. Is to simply inform yourself on the, the consequences of, uh, of this, I mean, the benefits may be in the consequences to not succumb to the emotional argument, which is was essentially what the the raise the wage um, side is appealing to. Right. They're trying to evoke that emotion. I don't know whether it's guilt or whatever. Well, why not pay them a few dollars yeah. more? Um, no one. I'm not saying, hey, that's terrible. I'm saying by doing so. Uh, when you when you look at all the not when you get all the knowledge and look at everything and are fully informed, you say, you know what, this might not be the best road to travel. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out another way to help these individuals that uh, to to move them to another place in life. I agree. Well, thank you again for taking time to be here, James, and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. D I Y.